This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So who wants a high-ranked stock that's also under $20? I do. That's what I want right now. While there are plenty of value stocks trading above $100 or $200 a share, just look at some of the energy stocks or fertilizers. There is something satisfying about buying a stock under 20. Also satisfying to buy a stock under $10, but I decided to look under 20 because it gives us a little bit more uh, room there. And we're probably gonna find a little bit better quality if it's just under 20 instead of under 10. Now remember, just because a stock is under 20 doesn't necessarily mean it's actually cheap or a value. Valuation is determined not by the price of the stock, but by what you are paying for the earnings or the sales or a combination of both. A PE under 15 is cheap. A price to sales ratio under one is cheap. We wanna buy the earnings or the sales at a discount. That's the whole point of it being on sale. So just because the stock has fallen from $30 to $17 doesn't necessarily mean, again, that it is actually cheap on a valuation basis. It just means the stock has declined, but it doesn't mean I'm actually getting a a deal on the earnings or the sales. Remember, you're buying the company. You are buying those earnings or those sales. So you want to get them as cheap as possible with other good, strong fundamentals like the Zach's rank. Uh, You know, the highest Zach's rank, number one's the strong buys or the number two's the buys, hopefully means that the analysts are raising their earnings estimates. And so if those earnings are going up in the in the positive direction, then hopefully something good is happening at the company, uh, especially in this environment here in 2022, where it looks likely that some of those earnings estimates are probably going to be cut because of inflationary pressures and uh, companies putting through price increases, but they can't keep up with inflation. Uh, other costs rising on labor and things that are going to hit margins. But we'll see this earnings season what happens with a lot of the earnings outlooks for companies. But hopefully these in this screen that I'm going to run, you know, something good is going there because it's got the ranks of ones or twos already right now here in April of 2022. So for this screen, I used a price to sales ratio under one. And remember, that means I'm getting the sales at a discount. So if the price to sales ratio is 0.7, that means I'm paying 70 cents for every dollar of the sales. That's what I want to do, right? That's I want to get it on sale like that. And I use the rank of number ones or number twos. So hopefully we're seeing some positive earnings estimate revisions, and that's rising and obviously had to be under $20. So this is narrowing it down. And then it it did have to have positive earnings. You could get a company that has a price to sales ratio under one, but it has negative earnings and, you know, is not an earnings positive company yet. So I don't want that. I want companies in this kind of environment with inflation and the Fed raising rates 
that actually is producing earnings. So when I ran the screen, it gave me 31 companies. Uh, that's pretty good. And hopefully with the rank, we're going to get higher quality companies in this 31 list uh, because that's really what we want to be looking at, especially if we're trying to find, you know, stocks under 20 or stocks under $10. We don't want some, uh, you know, just cheaper kind of discounted stock where the fundamentals are not strong. So what was in this list? There was some interesting names, I have to admit this time. And a couple things that I had to look up uh, because I, I didn't know who or what they were. So let's dive right in and see what's happening with the cheap stocks under 20. Okay, so the first one out the gate is Barbecue Holdings or BBQ Holdings ticker BBQ. And I thought, wow, this is an interesting ticker. Why haven't I heard of this one before? And that's because I think they just changed their name to this name. So this is really famous Dave's of America, the restaurant chain. They also sell their barbecue sauce. They also own several other chains. So they did announce recently that they just bought the Barrio Queen restaurant chain. It's in Phoenix. That has seven restaurants. They paid $28 million for that. That's a Mexican restaurant chain, so that's a little bit different than some of their other chains. But they also own one of my personal favorites, Baker Square. A lot of people in the Midwest know Baker Square. I was kind of surprised to see it only has 18 locations now. Uh, but there are still some in the Chicagoland area. Baker Square, they make a lot of pies, and many people order their pies uh, for delivery, especially around the holiday period or like Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas and uh, New Year's around there. They own, uh, they'll order their Baker Square pies. This, this company has 316 total location among several restaurant brands in addition to Famous Dave's, but that's their largest. And they own 23 ghost kitchens now. So that's pretty impressive as well. So they're still seeing a rebound off of the pandemic and things are still good for the restaurants. So in their last uh, earnings report, they did get hit by the Omicron slowdown in January and February. They did see a decline in foot traffic in their restaurants, but it came roaring back as soon as Omicron was over and they saw a swift rebound in late February into March. So this company is looking good as far as um, you know the consumer is good so keep that in mind that this is a consumer focused uh, chain and company so when you know inflation is biting or if the economy were to slow or the job market take a turn in some way that the restaurant chains usually struggle a lot during those periods. So these shares are down 3.9% year to date. So they haven't had a super huge sell-off. Over the last year, however, they're up 10.5%. But they've kind of been treading water over the last year. There's real no uh, big catalyst to push these shares up, just continued worries about inflation and rising costs and all that, because over the last two years, these shares up 624% because they were beaten down when the pandemic started, had the huge recovery, but now are just basically still treading water. 
Price to sales is just 0.76. Earnings expected to be up 66% in 2022, but we only have one analyst on the stock. But that's pretty impressive given the rebound that's already happened. PE is actually still low, even though we didn't screen for it at 12.7 and has a peg ratio of 0.9. That's also means it has value and growth. It's trading around $15, so obviously under $20. And so this is a, a restaurant choice if you're looking in that category right now, but they seem to be on the growth trajectory here with the buying of uh, you know some new chains and so this is one you might want to keep on your list. That's Barbecue Holdings BBQ. Then let's switch over to energy, but this is one I've not talked about before. Energy transfer, ticker ET. And this is one of the master limited partnerships. So that means there's tax ramifications. So talk with your tax advisor. It's like a REIT in that you own a unit in the partnership and they pay out a big dividends. So what does energy transfer do? They are a natural gas midstream, intrastate and interstate transportation and storage assets, crude natural gas liquids and refined product transportation and terminally terminaling assets and natural gas liquids fractionation. I probably said that wrong. <laughs> They also own 28.5 million shares of Sunoco, uh, S-U-N is the ticker there, and is general partner and owns 46.1 million common units of USA Compression Partners, USAC is the ticker there. Year to date, these shares are up 38.5% because everybody's piled into energy right now, right? So it's already had a big run, but it's trading just at $11.45. PE is 11.2, price to sales is 0.5. This is a $35 billion market cap company. It is not small, but it is designed to generate income. So a lot of retirees and people looking for income like the master limited partnerships on the energy side, and that includes energy transfer. So um, they did raise their dividend in January. They raised it by 15% and it's now paying 70 cents for the year. That's a yield of 6.2%. They do have a goal to return to their former dividend, which was $1.22 annually, but they're not really saying when they're gonna be able to get to that goal, but they do foresee further uh, dividend increases in order to get there. So that would be pretty con uh, considerable increase if they go from 70 cents to $1.22 and they're already yielding 6.2%. Earnings are expected to decline 46% this year to $1.02 from $1.89 last year. We do have six estimates for the year and three are higher in the last 60 days. It is a Zach's number one strong buy here. Um, so I'm not sure why the earnings are expected to decline so drastically because I'm not that familiar with the, the um, MLPs on the energy side. So got to do your homework and figure out why it's declining from last year, but you are still getting that 70 cent dividend. And that's mostly why you're owning these kinds of stocks 
for that dividend and any kind of gain, this one up year to date, 38% is just gravy. So keep that in mind if you're uh, looking at some of these MLPs on the energy side. So that's energy transfer ticker ET. Then we're actually going to switch over to technology. This is rare, right? So some of these tech names starting to look a little interesting on the value side. And this one is Hewlett Packard Enterprises. It's HPE is the ticker. And they are the cloud side of the former HP business. So cloud services compute uh, high performance computing and AI. They have that intelligent edge business, software and storage. So they reported in March their first quarter fiscal 2022, and they continue to see strong customer demand. And it drove order growth up 20% year over year. Gross margins also improved, they said, despite supply chain constraints. So up 20 basis points year over year on gross margins. That's impressive. Uh, they're doing share repurchases and dividends because they have huge free cash flow. Their cash flow guidance for the year is in the range of $1.8 to $2 billion. That's not too shabby. I'll take that. And they did reiterate their full year outlook in March when they reported, but they did raise their earnings guidance that they gave previously. So revenue outlook was uh, confirmed, but raised slightly their earnings guidance because of that margin improvement. So I'm liking everything in this story. And then I get to the value part of it and they have a price to sales ratio of 0.7. So this is a tech company with a 0.7 price to sales ratio when a lot of them are at 10 or 20 so 0.7 so i'm getting the sales cheaper here with hewlett packard enterprises pe is just 7.3 so that's dirt cheap too and um they do pay a dividend as i said they're doing share repurchases and dividends with that free cash flow and it's yielding 3.1 percent so it's yielding almost basically what a bank is gonna yield right now so year to date, these shares are down, but only down 2.3%. So I'm getting them on sale on a valuation basis. Um, I wish they would you know, fall further and I could get them even cheaper here. You're not getting huge amounts of growth with this one, which is why it's kind of being ignored by the street. So revenue growth expected to be just 3% this year and earnings growth of 7%. But you are getting them cheap. That's the whole point for us being value investors. We're okay with lower growth if we're getting it on sale, if we're going to get it cheap enough. And that's the key is getting it cheap enough. So this is a Zacks number two buy. Eight estimates are higher in the last 60 days since that March uh, earnings report. And so that's why it's still hanging on to that number two rank. And so this is an interesting play if you are looking for a cheap tech stock. So you might want to keep Hewlett Packard Enterprises HPE on your list. I do always get it confused with the other HP as they were split off years ago. And the other one is uh, just HP Inc. And that ticker is HPQ. And so then I was like, which one did Berkshire Hathaway just buy? Because it's been in the news because Buffett did buy a 11% stake, but he bought it in HPQ. 
So he spent $4 billion to buy a stake in HPQ. And that one is the um, actual hardware side. So the printers, the computers. So if you buy an HP computer, uh, that that's who you're buying it from HP, not not the enterprises. So enterprises usually with that word usually indicates that's like the corporate side and you know the cloud side and all of that. Um, but they bought into HP Inc. and year to date those shares are up 0.7 percent so kind of just hanging around but they did get a 15 percent boost when it was revealed that berkshire had bought this big position so they were down a lot more earlier in the year but kind of just flat to up 0.7 they're trading at 37 dollars uh and 91 cents thereabouts you know close to 40 dollars they do pay a dividend as well yielding 2.6 percent um but as I was looking at Hewlett Packard Enterprises, I was like, oh, is this the one that Buffett had bought? Because he loves those free cash flows. And this one has, you know, a really nice free cash flow and doing the share buybacks and the dividends with that 3.1% dividend yield on HPE. But it turns out he bought the other one. But now I'm thinking maybe he should have bought HPE instead. I don't know. Um, because I'm liking the HPE, but uh, either one is fairly um, interesting here. And if he liked HPQ, it's got to be because there's some cheapness there. And so both are cheap. But um, if you want more of the, the pure, you know, the cloud side, and people tend to like that area of the business much more than the hardware, then HPE is the one for you. And then I wanted to just uh, finish up. This is kind of our fifth, even though I'm, I'm including HPQ. It's kind of a fourth. It wasn't on the screen, but I mentioned it. So um, I'm only going to do one more stock today, and it is Bassett Furniture, B-S-E-T. B-S-E-T is the ticker there. And I like the furniture retailers. This is the only one that showed up on the screen. And they have 96 stores and they sell a lot in wholesale. So it's kind of upscale furniture, if you're familiar. And furniture has been super hot during the pandemic, but everybody thinks that it's over now. And they thought it's been over for several months now, but the companies keep saying, no, we're still doing well and demand is still strong. So in their their first quarter of 2022 results, revenue was still up 16% on top of last year's really strong results. So, and they said wholesale orders are still relatively strong. That's the term they used, but they're focusing on reducing their backlog, which is just enormous. Now, they also sold their freight business to JP Hunt in the last quarter. So it's called Zenith Freight Lines. This is the one that delivers all the furniture. Uh, they have 96 stores, so they have to have some kind of transportation and they do the wholesale. So they have to you know, move things from their factory. And so, but they decided to sell it to JB Hunt. And so now they're in a partnership with JB Hunt. So they're still getting their transportation, but now from JB Hunt, and they said that that partnership and the transition is going smoothly. Now, also in the quarter, they saw strong results in outdoor and domestic upholstery, but, 
as you might suspect, they said every raw material involved in the production of their furniture, basically across the board in the production continued to escalate. They implemented their sixth wholesale price increase in the last 15 months. But at some point, how high can they go before they meet demand destruction? We don't know yet, but these furniture retailers continue to push it through. We did hear from RH uh, you know, earlier in the year that they are seeing a slowdown now, even though they too have been pushing through price increases with all of these inflationary pressures. So how how much longer can that go on? I don't know, but the street is basically saying it it doesn't believe it can for much longer. So year to date, these shares are are up, but they're up 4.1%. But over the last year, they're down almost 34%. And they've kind of just been, again, treading water here for most of this year. They're up right now. They've been down um, previously. They're just kind of hanging out there down around 35% over the last year. How cheap are they? Price to sales of 0.3. That's pretty cheap. I'm only paying 30 cents for every sale. PE is 8.9, also really cheap. Now they have a market cap of 165 million. So this is a small cap company, very small, um, trading at 17.46. So under $20 as we know, but they pay a dividend because they've got a lot of free cash flow too, and it's yielding 3.3%. So you're, you're getting a nice dividend and the stock is cheap. Now, I've been on the sidelines in most of these furniture retailers myself, even though I've been watching them for numerous months because I still do like this area and the stocks are legitimately cheap. Even if earnings were to come down a bit, they're still cheap. So I don't consider them to be a value trap here but they haven't broken down completely. I've been kind of waiting for the complete breakdown, like the throwing in of the gauntlet. You know, the, the towel is being thrown down and the shareholders who've been in it for the last two years have given up and moving off to the sidelines. We haven't had the give up yet in any of the furniture. And that includes RH, even though it's down 50% from its highs, and I own RH in my own personal portfolio, as many of you know who follow me on Twitter. Um, but similarly, Haverty, which I've mentioned on this podcast before, HBT, that's down big over the last year as well, but hasn't completely broken down. Ethan Allen, same thing, no complete breakdown there. They're also paying nice dividends. Uh, Haverty pays a nice dividend. Uh, Williams and Sonoma is down off its highs, but not really a complete breakdown there either. And that is has the low PE and they pay a dividend. So all these companies in the furniture area, um, including Herman Miller's Design Within Reach and Hey, their residential furniture, all of them are cheap and all of them are still reporting the strong demand. They're not really seeing even with the inflationary pressures, RH is one of the few that is seeing, uh, you know, more of a slowdown perhaps than some of the others. But the housing market still remains strong. People who buy a new house want to buy new furniture, and we are still cocooning at home, so we still are 
uh, buying that outdoor furniture and still buying new couches, believe it or not. So I do like the furniture retailers, but I'm waiting to see if we can get a final breakdown, like a total throwing in the towel, as I mentioned. So that's Bassett Furniture. It is cheap right now, but I feel like I could get it cheaper. So I'm I'm still waiting. <laughs> that's ticker B-S-E-T. Maybe we won't ever get it. Maybe this is the cheapest it's going to go, but I feel like on a big market sell-off, the final capitulation of this market, we will get these furniture retailers much cheaper. Um, but that's Bassett Furniture, again, B-S-E-T. So there's some interesting names on this, don't you think? Uh, I thought so. And for being under $20 and in some of the kind of hot areas like energy, but also several that are facing inflationary pressures. Well, I guess they all are or supply chain issues. And so that's also something to keep in mind and to keep uh, high on your watch list as you're listening to the conference calls with these companies and what is happening with margins and what is ha- going to happen with earnings. Now, if they still do have the pricing power as Bassett ha- has so far, to push through six price increases. That's incredible. But again, at some point that they may not be able to do that. So keep that in mind when you're looking at valuations with a lot of these companies. So let me recap the tickers we talked about. There was barbecue holdings. Uh, That's what I'm calling it, but it's BBQ holdings, (laughs) but it is a barbecue, right? BBQ is the ticker. That's Famous Dave's and the restaurant chains. Then we had energy transfer. This is the master limited partnership with the 6% dividend ticker ET. Then we had Hewlett Packard Enterprises. This is the cloud side and that's HPE. Then I talked about Hewlett Packard, just HP. Inc., which is HPQ. That's the one Warren Buffett has just recently bought in Berkshire Hathaway. He now has an 11% stake, but I was wondering why he didn't buy HPE instead. We'll have to find out at the annual meeting, right? That's coming up in May for Berkshire Hathaway. And then we talked about Bassett Furniture, ticker BSET. Um, on the retail side, there were a few other retailers, not furniture but a few other retailers on the list. I'm a little scared of some of the retailers here for the reasons I mentioned for Bassett, but we'll see how the consumer holds up. Same on the restaurants. I'm a little concerned about what may happen if the consumer just decides they have to pull back and they're going to eat at home. We know from the uh, supermarket chains that a lot of them are still seeing really strong sales and really strong comparables year over year. People are still staying at home and cooking at home, especially as those prices rise at restaurants and eating out. So uh, these are all the factors we all have to juggle this year with this strong inflation, we haven't had to do this in a long time. So it's going to be a first for many of us, and it's going to take some, uh, you know, finagling and figuring out to see what's actually going to happen with these companies. That's why it's more important than ever. Listen to those conference calls. Find out what they're seeing on the ground. 
If you would have listened to the RH conference call, you would have heard quite a bit about what was happening. So tune in, tune in the next time these companies report. If you've got them on your wish list or your watch list, either one, and be sure to tune in for all the companies that you own because this year is going to be different than what we've seen over the last several years for sure. So as always, be sure to subscribe to get us somewhere. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on Spotify and anywhere else that you can get podcasts. We are everywhere. So be sure to do it because I'll be back next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.